The Jen, Gabe and Chewy podcast is sponsored by Celsius Energy Drink, and I am here to tell you it makes a huge difference in my mornings. With a unique blend of essential energy and key vitamins, Celsius is your partner to an active lifestyle. My favorite, the peach vibe. Learn more at Celsius.com and pick up Celsius Energy Drinks today. Back here on Jen, Gabe and Chewy recapping the NFC and AFC championship games from yesterday. Talking about Dan Campbell's decision to go for it on fourth down. Love it. Love the aggressiveness. That's what got you there. Can't deviate from that once you're there. And Chef Ed weighing in on our ESPN Milwaukee talk and text line saying, Great call, Joshy. Chewy's thoughts lately have stunk like your office. Whoa. I know. <laughs> Bring in the heat. That's strong to the hoop there, <laughs> big guy. I've got thick skin. <laughs> You're like Dan Campbell. You can yeah. handle the criticism. Yeah. You can handle the scrutiny. <laughs> also, a reminder, Chewy is not on social media, so that yeah. might that kind of be part it. of it. What is your biggest takeaway, Chew, from the championship games related to the Green Bay Packers? Uh, they got to figure out. They got to figure out how to help Lamar. I thought the play calling there was very stale. Um, they need one more player. I, I was just blown away on how bad he looked. Is that fair? Yeah, th- that's fair, but also not an answer to the question Jen asked. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question? Uh, you said my takeaways from the from the gym. As, it relates, as it relates to the Packers, right? Like, my takeaway was that the Packers, one, should have been in that game, should have been them versus the Lions. That My takeaway is that the Packers are close, which I think we all saw as the season went on. The youth was the thing, and this is my takeaway, because the Lions' youth is what kept them from winning that game. The Niners had been there before, not specifically even in that game, just in a situation where you're... you're uh, you can feel the momentum is on the other side, having to recapture that momentum, having to make plays, defy the odds to go on to win the game. And the Lions' youth is what contributed to them once the home team started to mount a comeback, not being able to fight back. All right, let me ask you this. Who's going to be a threat in the NFC next year? Dallas? I mean, Dallas is on the short list. Philly? Are they going the other way? So so here's here's the interesting conversation when it comes to Philly. So Philly obviously missed both of their coordinators this year and now have two new ones going into next year. Brain drain. How much are the Lions going to miss Ben Johnson if he gets hired in Washington? Uh, like how much is that going to hurt the Detroit Lions in terms of them being one of those teams the Packers are going it, to have to compete it, with? Put it this way. I think it would be a bigger loss if they lost Aaron Glenn. Because I think the piece is there offensively, and you can bring in someone to figure out. They're pretty balanced. I think they're all. It's a lot like Green Bay. You know? Yeah, so. And they don't have a great defense, but I think Aaron Glenn calls a nice game. They've, they've, got some, they've got some pieces, but I guess where I differ from Jen is, I don't know how close they actually are. Because at different points of the game yesterday, and certainly the second half wasn't great for... The Lions' defense, first half wasn't great for the 49er defense. But at different points in the game, all four teams had their defense like step up and dominate the game with it's different fair. players that they have that I just don't think the Packers have. 
Like the, the, the Packers just lack playmakers as excited as we are about the offensive side and Jordan Love continuing to get better and somebody from the receiver group emerging as a potential Pro Bowl player next year and the two tight end sets that they can can have and really utilizing Aaron Jones. All of these things we're excited about offensively. Like I'm starting to become a little bit more concerned defensively. Yes, coordinator's going to be great, but they got to find a way, whether it's through the draft or packaging some of these picks. They have five in the top 100 this year. They need more difference makers defensively. I got to agree with you because, again, even I'm watching these clips right now of Fred Warner, right, who's a guy who just scared me sitting on my couch. I obviously watched what he was able to do with the Packers last week, watching him out there again against the Lions. So he is a difference maker that they have, to say nothing of Bosa, who we have talked a lot about. But here's where, Gabe, I'm not really worried about that because the way the drafts are trending, I feel like if we can recognize that, I think Goody and company can recognize that as well. I think they're watching these games going, man, at various times, these defenses in these games stepped up and changed the direction of the game, changed the trajectory of the outcome. And I think that they would say that they also need to identify those difference makers and that talent continued on the defensive side of the ball. Look, I don't think they need a ton of attention on the offensive side. I will agree with people who say you can get another offensive lineman. You can keep bolstering that spot because if you're going to invest in a guy like Jordan Love, may as well keep him upright, right? May as well keep him off the carpet. So I agree when people say put some of your resources towards that. But otherwise, Gabe, I'm thinking they got to be seeing the same thing and still continuing to devote draft capital to the defensive side of the ball. It's tough. Go ahead, you. My one takeaway would be after watching yesterday's game is, okay, you can't get rid of Jair. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I'm, I'm there with you. Can't get rid of Jair. I mean, because I understand what they're doing. They're saying – if they're contemplating it, they're saying culture is much more important than his play, which I don't think. You know, you can give a guy like that who, you know, he underperformed this year because he didn't play a lot. You can give a guy like that a little bit of leeway. They have to dial him back in, and I don't know how you do that, but you cannot, you cannot get rid of players like that who have massive amounts of potential. So you got to reach him somehow and just say, dude, just, you know. just Maybe the change of defensive coordinator is enough Maybe. for that, right? Yeah. And the conversation that he and Matt LaFleur and company had um, after the, and last week I know I said halftime, you know what I meant before the game with the yeah. coin toss and whatnot. Because um, he seemed, you know, it's a small sample size, but he seemed like a different player. He seemed like the Jair we were used to after, after the suspension. that happened. Yes. It was almost as though you needed to throw up the guardrails. Right, you needed to give him some boundaries, and after being like very much not physical with his shoulder injury prior to the Carolina game, like in the few games that he did actually play in the beginning of the season, like he threw a couple of shoulders in the San Francisco game. Like he seemed like he was a willing tackler, yeah. even in a way that he was before the previous shoulder injury that he had that kept him out the majority of his season. Like he was a willing tackler before that. Since that's been. Uh, yeah, I guess he sometimes is willing, but not really. He was willing in that San Francisco game, which is what I want to see. But I guess I, I look at the front sevens of these teams, and the Lions probably have the worst front seven of all of them, but they still have an Aiden Hutchinson. Like The Packers just don't have that. You, you talk about how important it is being able to rush four and be able to get pressure with just those four. And maybe the continued growth of Lucas Van Ness will help in that department, but right now they cannot get pressure 
with just seven. They have a hard time being able with just their front seven being able to stop the run. And that's that's something they got to look at. I think that's something you have to look long and hard at. I like some of the potential you have at cornerback. Yes, you need to find a safety, but I think it's more important to have people in that front end that are the game wreckers. I, I agree, but and then you got to sit down Quay Walker and say, hey, we expect you to be uh, Greenlaw or, or, or what's the other? Warner. Fred, uh, Fred Warner. Light. You got to start trending in that direction. We can't have you going the other way, which he kind of did this year. Now I don't know if that's a product of Joe Barry misusing him, but I love how those linebackers play so aggressive, and we just don't see that. Yeah, I mean, again, you watch linebackers here. You watch Baltimore, and you've got Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen and Kyle Hamilton just roaming the middle part of that defense. Like that's not a defense that's weak up the middle. The Packers. Roquan Smith thinking though when he charged across the line on that play late in the game. Well, so I understand what he was doing. He just went too far. Because taking an intentional offside was a smart play there because it resets everything. It's a first down. So sure. it's, it's now first and ten instead of first and five. No time is coming off the clock. The clock's not going to wind. He just went too hard. And, and got the 15-yard penalty. A little whoopsie. <laughs> Which still accomplished what he was looking to accomplish. It was then first just and more. ten. I think it's pretty simple, the takeaways. One, with a bullet, not breaking any news here, you need the quarterback. The quarterbacks make a giant difference in every one of these games. Patrick Mahomes went out there with a far worse team than the Baltimore Ravens and executed to a degree that you just don't see because Uh, when he threw that pass to Travis Kelsey, there's nobody else who could make a play on that. Are you trying to tell me that Brock Purdy doesn't take away this argument just a little bit? No, I'm not because Brock Purdy also had an incredible second half, made incredible throws, had some things go his fortunate way, but... What happened in the past with Brock Purdy or Jimmy G and all those guys they've tried to run out there? A guy who can competently run the offense is going to make a difference. And two, the defense needs to force the issue. The Ravens were basically stopped. The MVP of the league was basically stopped for most of the game because they were constantly bringing pressure. And a lot of times it was like zero blitzes, where it was all-out blitzes, and he wasn't able to get comfortable at any point. So you don't necessarily need to have the best defense, but you have to have one that's going to force the issue and cause the other team to make mistakes. A lot of, ha- a lot of that has to do with coaching as well. Yeah. I mean, Baltimore just got out-coached. A hundred percent. That's why they scored seven points, you know? That's just part of it, and that's probably a good reason why the Packers' defense was meh. You know? They have no one in being – looked at as a coordinator, or I don't know how quickly those coaches are going to get snapped up, but coaching has a lot to do with it, and I think you saw a lot of that in the first game. So I guess, too, the question is, would you be okay if the Green Bay Packers devoted even more draft capital to the defensive side of the ball? Because it's been very, it's uh, yeah. been pretty lopsided, right? I mean, it's fair oh. to say it's been very lopsided over the last few seasons. It's an insult to lopsided. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> lopsided also has thick skin games, so you're All right, okay. Good, yeah. good for lopsided. Yeah. Lopsided and chew over there. I mean, off- offensively, uh, you need another back to carry a huge workload during the regular season. Let Aaron Jones have his days off or his games off and keep him fresh. That's really my only – even the offensive line, I think. Yeah, you could. You don't need to draft the O-lineman in the first round, I don't think. No, just kind of backfill. Yeah, they. I mean, they've had success. Yeah. I mean, a lot of just <laughs> David Bakhtiari, fourth yeah. round pick. They've had a lot of success the left finding these guys. Was a seventh rounder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she was Walker, good. Seventh round pick. 
Where was Zach Tom? Another third, fourth round pick? Like, yeah. Yeah. They've, they've had success finding those guys outside of the top two rounds. So I, I think they can kind of continue that going forward. Yeah, to, to me. But the problem is to find those true game wreckers, you, you maybe have to trade up. You maybe have to do something that, I mean, Goody and, and before him, Ted Thompson only did a handful of times. You know, Goody traded up in order to get Jordan Love. You think of trading back into the first round for Ted Thompson when they really reshaped the defense and he went out and got Clay Matthews. That's something that they don't do all that often. And if you absolutely love someone because of the youth and I don't think there's going I mean, there's going to be some turnover, obviously, but I don't think there's gonna be a ton of turnover on this roster. Like using some of that draft capital that you have in the top one hundred to move up and get somebody you like. Or love inside like the top fifteen, move up ten spots or so. To me, that's a hundred percent worth that gamble. You need to hit on a safety. I mean, they haven't hit on one since Nick Collins. Ha ha Clinton Dix is terrible. Savage is a guy. And it's a liability, especially when you have so many good tight ends in this league. Your safety has to be able to cover a tight end man to man. I just it's funny though, too, when I think safety, I don't there aren't a ton that are jumping off the page for me. Like just in the league in general. Yeah. You know, if I were to say to you, give me the top five safeties in the league right now. Yeah. You know, we'd be here with the Jeopardy music for a good (laughs) two minutes. I mean, I'll go back to Leroy. Leroy was flipping. Ben Coates, who was one of the best tight ends in the 90s during my era in that Super Bowl game, did nothing. Did very little. And then you had Shannon Sharp in the game we lost. Shannon did nothing. And that's because you have a safety that can cover tight ends. And that's... You know, that's the way this league is trending. It just blows my mind because if I was to play a guy like Kelsey, who's not a great athlete, I don't care what you say. Kittle, <laughs> what? Is, much, Kittle, <laughs> Kittle is a much better athlete. If I'm playing him. I just had 11 catches, 100 yards, and a tutter, and he still just wants and to cut him down. Didn't he just pass Jerry Rice for yeah. all-time yeah. Most, playoff receptions? Yeah. Most receptions yep. all-time. Saw not that great, happen. Not a great athlete. Not great. I am him. Nope. Average at best. I am beating the sugar out of him at the at the line of scrimmage. That's actually something, too, across the board. Yeah. I'm surprised more teams don't do. Try to be physical within that five yards. I don't get it. Now, now Kittle, yeah. Why are you laughing so hard about my Kelsey <laughs> comment? I'm not saying it to get clicks. I'm just saying. Because it's misguided. You know who he is, Gabe? Who? I want from you to my, know. I want my you era, to know the resignation so from, in from Gabe's my era. <laughs> as he was even Gabe. entertaining who, this. Do you, you want to know who Travis Kelsey like, is? Heavy sigh. <laughs> who, buddy? Gabe, who are you going to tell? From my me? era, who is Travis Kelsey? From your era, who is Travis Kelsey? Yeah. He's no one because there's no one as good as him ever. Brent Jones, <laughs> Brent Jones, or Jay Novacek. No, he's he's better than that, pal. It's because the the rules have changed. You know what, Joshy? He's put him on timeout. Just put him on timeout. You sit over this there. This guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer. About what you're saying. One of the right top now, five okay? tight ends in this NFL is history. Insane. The fact that we haven't shut off his mic this long is on us. Wait, wait, that wait. Is on us. Let me ask one question. Right, Can I ask, ask one question? This. Let me ask you one question yeah. before we turn off your mic. Were you a better athlete than Travis Kelsey? Uh, define athlete. Yeah. <laughs> now we're now who's hedging? Let me ask you this: Now we're if hedging. you put three fifteen on a bar, who's benching it more times, Kittle or Kelsey? Kelsey, 
I think. No way yes. in God's green earth. I don't even think that it's comparable. Uh, Travis Kelsey doesn't really lift weights. He just yeah, gets it, open. It sure, sure. That's, that's I great, think, I think he'd put it up. That's no. cool. It's it's George yeah. Kittle. But you put him in an NFC or AFC championship game, who's catching more passes for more yards and more <laughs> scores? Kittle had like two catches yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I know because he cost me money. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's what stick in the old craw, huh? Warranted all those. I, I could have used a touchdown. I can tell you who every quarterback is of every crappy fantasy team I've had, just so you know, in my lifetime. Listen, we got to take a break. I do want to put this on the poll, though, would you be okay with the Packers devoting more draft capital, high draft capital, to the defensive side of the ball after watching those championship games this weekend? Let us know. We'll put that on the Jen, Gabe, and Chewy Twitter poll. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Are you going to answer the question? What's the question? Uh, can the Packers win without Aaron Jones on Sunday? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Will you stop? <laughs> you know what he is? He's jumping. He's like the little devil on the shoulder. <laughs> On 94.5 ESPN. After watching the championship games this weekend and seeing the defense for those teams make big plays over and over time and time again, would you be okay with the Green Bay Packers devoting more draft capital, high draft capital, to that side of the ball? I think the other argument, Gabe, is that it does feel like the offense is sort of set, not completely set. I still think you need to be paying attention to that side. But I agree with you. There's a glaring difference between the defenses that were in those games and the defense that we've seen from the Green Bay Packers. And some of that might be coordinator, right? It might just be they change the scheme, they change the guy, all of those issues go away. Maybe you do see Quay Walker all of a sudden maximizing his potential with a new DC. But what does that mean? Like, to me, with to, Quay, Quay is a great athlete, but I feel like I'd notice it more, even with a bad coordinator. And I know pro football focus isn't the end-all, be-all, but I still just can't get the image out of my head of him being 71st out of 82 pro football focus, that, that Sunday night game they played about against the Vikings. They flash it up there. They're doing the defense like, Damn. He's that low? So, as much as I've, I liked Quay and I liked the draft pick, he just hasn't panned out. And even if he reaches full potential, is that good enough to be one of those difference makers in the middle of defenses like we're seeing in the championship games yesterday? I don't know if it's good enough. Because Fred Warner and Patrick Queen and these guys are just flying around making plays. that like They stand out more than any Packers defender really stood out on the screen to me this year. Yeah, no, I agree. They got to figure it out on how to use him. I mean, I like McDuffie more than I like Campbell, right? I he think they do around. too. I think they like him too. I like him. You know, he's one of those um, always full speed, you know, playing to the end, and he's just going to get better and better. They should be copying what San Francisco's doing when it comes to the land. And I'm telling you, Quay Walker has it in him. They just got to get it out of him. Because it's like, I don't know. I equate it to basketball. If the dude's a good three-point shooter and they're not finding a way to get him open, then you're like, what the hell am I doing here? They yeah, but every to- once in a while, if when that, that three-point shooter knocks down a three, you go, ooh, okay. 
like even with some of these guys with the the potential, like him or, or Devontae Wyatt. I know Wyatt was you know highly more highly regarded in the analytics community, like the people over at PFF. But at least when Kenny Clark, like you see Kenny Clark, like stand out on screen from time to time when he's blowing up a guard or a center in front of him and has the guy on skates pushing him back. Maybe he doesn't get the quarterback sack, but he's causing disruption. Let me ask you a question. Would you call him an A player, Kenny Clark? Uh, he's a, I put him in the same category as kind of Rashad Gary. He's, yeah, he's you a BB have a plus. nice game every third game. He's a BB plus. He's not an A. Yeah, see, they need A players. Do you think Carl Brooks will get better from a defensive uh, standpoint? I think yeah, yes. he's a day three draft guy. But I, I I would be shocked if he became an A player. I thought he came on as the season went on for sure. I started hearing his name a little bit more in the last few games of the season. The problem is, guys, that they have gotten guys in there who are actually better at the pass rush than at stopping the run. Packers have been bad at stopping the run in season. So which direction do you go when you get these guys up there on the line? Do you want guys who are rushing the passer you got one guys who are clogging up the middle why not jen, both I, jen i go to the school <laughs> jen i go to the school and i go back to the university of miami uh under jimmy johnson when they were really really good and uh under dennis dennis erickson when they won national championships they played one front all you didn't even have to watch film they played one front and you know, I knew a handful of the guys on that team. I'm like, how do you guys stop the run? They're like, on the way to the quarterback. That's what they coach us. Stop the run on the way to the quarterback. And that's what that, that I mean, if you, if you listen to that, it makes sense. And that's how Bosa does it. Bosa goes up every play like, hey, I'm going to kill the quarterback, have great eyesight, and then stop the run on the way to him. And they play like it. All right, we have to take a break. We have Rob Domofsky coming up next, and we're going to talk to him about the games yesterday and, of course, the future for the Packers. Hopefully he has some information for us on the defensive coordinator search. We will be back in a couple minutes. Thanks. ESPN's number one source for green and gold information. What's the biggest mistake that new quarterback makes? Turnovers. And he hasn't had it. And mating rituals. The Shed Aquarium in Chicago was one of my favorite school fields. <laughs> And I believe there were dolphins there, but they left that out. Our most musically inclined and bald guest. Wow, I'm a little, it's only love, it's only love. It's Rob Domofsky on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. We love getting the insight from our friend Rob Domofsky. Rob, how was your weekend? It was great. How about you guys? It was fine. I woke up angry and annoyed that the Packers weren't playing on Sunday, but besides that, I suppose it was good. I had a birthday party, so that helped. Um, let me ask you this. Defensive coordinator search. The information out yes. there is that they have requested interviews on a number of people. Maybe they've even taken place. What is the latest on that hunt? Yeah, so, Jen, there's four people that we know of for sure uh, through reporting that have been contacted and possibly interviewed. Uh, State Brandon Staley... Um, Bobby Babbage, Bills linebackers coach, uh, Aiden Dirty, the Dallas uh, defensive line coach, and Christian Parker. Now, I, I should say this, that last time they did this, uh, LaFleur interviewed nine people. So I, I would be willing to bet that there are way more than those four that will either be interviewed or have already been interviewed. Uh, a name that I think is interesting to keep an eye on is Chris Harris, 
uh, Titans defensive uh, backs coach, I believe, former player himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a strong candidate last time around, um, and, and I have not been able to confirm anything on his candidacy yet, but I can promise you that there are more than just these four people that we know of so far. Is Jim Leonard one of those, uh, Rob? Uh, that I, I have not heard that either, Chewy. I, I don't know. Um, and, and, and I know there's some people who think that, well, the Packers wouldn't go back to him because he said no. And I, I don't believe that would be a reason not to go back to him. I don't think they would be that uh, petty, I guess, is the is the word that I'm looking for. That, well, well, you turned us down last time, then we're done with you. I don't believe that would be the case. Um, but the, But it's been silent from his camp, which makes me think that maybe he has not. Um, been interviewed, but I don't know that for sure. Watching the games yesterday, Rob, what do you think is the biggest difference between some of those defenses that really were on display and what the Packers had? Is it as simple as, oh, they changed the defensive coordinator and they could get there, or are they missing some pieces and some players? Well, I mean, let's look at the the, the NFC game. I mean, it's not like those defenses you know, came up with huge stops, right? I mean, it was it was 34-31, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. I don't know that there was incredible defense played in that game. I mean, the, the, the Kansas City game, to me, was all about the takeaways, right? I mean, that that's an aggressive uh, – you know, everyone wants to talk about how aggressive Baltimore's defense is, and they are. But Kansas City's defense was pretty aggressive as well. So, um, you know, I, I don't know – um, you know, I, I don't know that there's a whole lot of difference really between what the Packers did and, and what Detroit and, and, and San Francisco did yesterday. Uh, I mean, those teams gave up points. So um, it, to me, it's just doing it when, you, when it matters, Gabe. You know, like, can you get a stop when it absolutely matters? And the Packers didn't get one when they had to at the end, right? I mean, we they played. I thought they played pretty well for most of that game, but pretty well wasn't good enough because the offense – didn't put up as many points as as they needed to. So when the defense had to get the stop at the end, you had to stop McCaffrey. You couldn't let uh, you know IU catch a ball or whatever the case may be. They couldn't do it. So uh, I don't think there's a huge. I don't think they're that far away. Yeah, that's what I said earlier this morning. That was one of my takeaways from the games this weekend, that the Packers were not that far away. And yet we were talking about whether or not they should devote significant draft capital to the defensive side of the ball because... Haven't they always? Well, yes, (laughs) but that would be the hesitation for not continuing to do it, right? Like, you've really put a lot of those pieces in place over the last few seasons. You know, do you need to spread the wealth around a little bit more, or is it that obvious that you need a difference maker, you need a field tilter, so take a lot of those draft picks combine them yeah. move up if you need to and go get like the dude from texas who, who everybody loves on the defensive line I, I every year jen i fall into this uh they're gonna draft offense this year this is the year that they're gonna go high on offense and they never do <coughs> excuse me so i do think that um you know i think that you're uh, uh, the stripes are what they are on the animal right they draft defense high and, and, and we've seen it time after time after time, what all of Goody's first-round picks except for the quarterback were defensive players. Um, now, that doesn't mean you know that, that second- and third-rounders can't be uh, other positions, but it, to me at this point, if, until they fix the defense in their mind, you know, get it fixed, they're going to keep throwing resources at it. That just seems to be the way they operate. History tells us that much. Um, so I, I, think, I think that continues. I think they continue to try to fix it while also knowing that they probably need a left tackle 
or a tackle, depending on where you want to play Zach Tom. Uh, you know, and, and they probably need a running back. You're not going to draft a running back in the first couple rounds, uh, but you got to eventually plan for the the post Aaron Jones era. How good is Detroit, Rob? I mean, offensively, they seem pretty comparable to Green Bay. Defensively, maybe a little better. I mean, is this going to be a fight for the division next year between two potentially really good teams? Yeah, I think they're good, Chewy. I don't think they're I don't think they're dynasty though. Like I don't think it's like, oh, this is a team that, you know, is is set up for, you know, the next five to seven years in this division. I mean, um they, they they're gonna be good, but are they insurmountable? I don't think so. Um, you know, and then look, I mean you know, I know Dan Campbell's probably taken a lot of heat for his in-game decisions, and and I and rightfully so on some of them. But he has established an attitude and a culture there mm-hmm. um, that I think will will sustain them for quite a while. I just don't know if, as an in-game coach, he's going to be good enough to not make you know strategical mistakes that we've seen them make. Uh, you know, a few times this year, I, I think the Dallas game in the regular season is another example of that. So I, I don't think they're this, oh, man, they're set up for life and the Packers are never going to catch them. I, I don't believe that to be true. How important is it for the tight ends to continue to develop this offseason? Because that's the other thing that's on display, just the, the strength of that position in the championship games. Yeah, I mean, you're right, Gabe. You look at all those guys, Laporta, Kittle, um, you know, Kelsey, uh, Mark Andrews, you know, I know he's coming off the injury, but he came back for, for Baltimore. And, and, and I can tell you this, when I sat down with Matt LaFleur uh, late August um, uh, for an interview, uh, and it was a variety of things that we talked about, one of the things that he brought up unprompted, unprompted was he said to me that I think how our tight ends develop will determine a lot about how we play as an offense this year. I mean, this was back in August that he said that. And and now you can say, well, did they develop? Did they not develop? Um, but but that was his – that was one of his big things that they needed to figure out was if those tight ends can do it. So that tells you how important he thinks that that position and that those guys are to the offense. So I, I think you ask a great question, and I think that's – the importance of that position in today's game is huge. Rob Domofsky hanging out with Jen, Gabe, and Chewy as he does each and every Monday during the football season. Do we still have Rob uh, all the way through the uh, Super Bowl or just today? I was told, yeah, I was told through Super Bowl week. So we will do, or th- through post-Super Bowl week. So uh, we will talk the day after the Super Bowl. Perfect. Wonderful. I got one more question for you. I'm going to give you some names. I just want to hear uh simple yes or no, maybe a little bit of elaboration on whether or not you think they'll be on the Packers roster. I think we've done this. Uh, we did this with Jason a little bit. Royce Newman. Okay. Um, he'll be back on the 90-man roster just to compete for a spot. Preston Smith. You know what, Jen? I, halfway through the year, I would have said no, um, but I'm going to say yes with uh, some sort of a contract adjustment. I think most people think that Devondre Campbell is not, but what do you think? I would agree not. Okay. How about David Bakhtiari? I'm going to say no. Okay. What about Aaron Jones? I'm going to say yes. All right. David one Bakhtiari more, more year, David right. Bakhtiari hangs him up, or David Bakhtiari goes and plays somewhere else? No. Here's the thing with Bakhtiari. They don't really have to do anything until the start of the season. He has no bonus. He has no March uh, roster bonuses. So they could, in theory, wait to see how the injury 
plays out. But I, I don't know that he is going to want to take a pay cut, okay? And, and he may just want to say, you know what? I need a fresh start. I'm not going to take a pay cut, so just release me. Um, and, and, and maybe they will come to some sort of an agreement. But, he, but here's the thing with him. As good a player, great a player as he is, I don't think the Packers want to go through the same uncertainty. You know, if, if we, we bank on him all offseason to be our left tackle and then we get to week two or week three and we're dealing with the same thing again, I don't think they want to go through that. And, and I think it might just be easier for both sides to start over. It just seemed like to me, though, Rob, when it comes to Bakhtiari, like the the response when asked about him last week in the season wrap-up press conference, it seemed like Matt LaFleur had high things to say. And if it, again, maybe I'm looking too much into it, but it seemed like to me LaFleur wants him back. Well, and that's a great point, Gabe, because it may not be Matt LaFleur's decision, right? I Mm -hmm. mean, uh, Matt LaFleur really, really, really badly wanted Mercedes Lewis back. Uh, really badly Sp- uh, spoke publicly about that throughout the entire offseason on multiple occasions. And where did Mercedes Lewis end up? Not back, right? So what Matt LaFleur wants is not always what Matt LaFleur gets. The only way they get him back, Rob, is if, yes, they ask him to take a pay cut with the ability to earn every penny through the incentives. So if you play right, – yeah, yeah. And they've done that, that, Chewy, right? With, yeah. With, with guys like they, they've they've given guys the opportunity. I think sure. Mason Crosby. I remember the year that he, you know, was coming off the really bad year. They he took a massive pay cut, but they built it in where if yeah. he made you know 80 percent of his kicks, he got it all back or, or whatever the case may be. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, they could certainly put massive playing time um, bonuses in there uh, as well. But I do think that the and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe we'll maybe they'll cut him you know, in February or whatever. But I, I do think that this thing could go on for a while as they sort of see, maybe watch the medical stuff and see how the surgery went. And then they start talking about the financials of it. But because they just, you know, with a lot of these guys, and Devondre Campbell, I believe, is one of them. I believe Preston Smith is as well. Those guys, those guys all have these big roster bonuses due in March mm-hmm. um, where, you know, basically it makes you, we have to make a decision uh, before then, because we're not going to pay a bonus to some guy who, who's not going to be on the roster, but they don't have that with Dave. So I do think that this could, you know, prolong a little bit more maybe than the, the typical off season. Is he back? Is he not back? Rob, what would you say to fans who might be concerned about a guy like Christian Parker not having coordinator experience under his belt? Yeah, and, and it's a legitimate concern because what four years ago he was a quality control coach. Yeah. Um, however. Uh, Matt LaFleur was a really, really young head coach who had only called plays one year, right, for for Tennessee before he got the job. One year as a play caller. So I think Matt, you know, guys will hire guys like themselves at times, and I'm sure Matt LaFleur looks at it and says, you know what, I did just fine without that major experience. If Christian Parker is the guy I think is best for this defense, then I have no hesitation to do it. Now, I mean – I would be a little surprised if they did go that route, considering his experience level is, you know, it's pretty low. But, it, you know, if he really likes him, I don't think that would be a reason that um, that he would hesitate to hire him. He's Rob Domofsky, hangs out with Jen, Gabe, and Chewy each and every Monday during the football season. Sounds like we're going to get to hear more from him in the coming weeks. Thanks, Rob. All right, guys, talk to you next week. Follow Rob Domofsky on the socials, Rob Domofsky.
You can hear him on ESPN as well. Gabe? Doesn't matter what age you are. Low testosterone can be an issue with any guy. That's where mentality comes in. Local healthcare facilities specifically dedicated to helping men feel and perform at their very best. They've certainly helped me. I've you know, kind of found I was tired, groggy, just didn't feel like myself, didn't have that energy to attack and get through my day the way I was used to. Well, turns out it was low testosterone. Got a blood panel done. Within a week, my results were back to me. Found out my levels were low. And now I'm on a customized testosterone treatment plan just for me. It's not a one-size-fits-all. They want to make sure that your levels are where they need to be specifically for you. So go to their website, LowTUSA.com. Mentality loves treatment to fit into every guy's lifestyle. Learn more about Mentality and their low testosterone treatments at LowTUSA.com. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. There's a lot of sodas now that are prebiotic ah, sodas They as don't well. work. They're called poop. Well, no, they're, no they're really called poop, I think. Uh, they're so- you buy them on Amazon. I, th- I thought you were going to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot of rust in you. You know that? On 94.5 ESPN. Here we go. During the break, I think I learned that Joshy thinks I'm Tony Romo. Joshy as he gets the stream going again back there in the little production office. Tell me again the three things that you said that either annoy you about Tony Romo or you think annoy people about Tony Romo. Uh, The random noises. Yep, guilty of that. He starts a lot of sentences that he doesn't know where they're going to end. 100% that's me. And he also tries to make jokes, and he's they're oftentimes not funny. Also, Jen. (laughs) Gabe. Well, I mean, in fairness, when I think of starting sentences and they don't know where they're going to finish on this show, I don't think of you. Yeah, you're at least two. <laughs> behind <laughs> the power range. <laughs> behind the big guy, yeah. <laughs> Joshy, yeah. when you were saying those things, I was like, I'm guilty of all of those things. So if you don't like Tony Romo, do you also not like me? Yeah, I figure it's about time I tell you my true feelings about you, Jen. <laughs> but you wanted to couch it with criticism of Tony Romo. Yeah, the see if you pick up on it, if you yeah. will. Since he is, you know, come under fire. But but I don't have an issue with Tony Romo. I, apparently, a lot of people do. Really? He doesn't. He doesn't grate on me the way that he grates on some. I think he has an issue because he became the wonder boy of the NFL. Not his fault. Correct. And then the public criticism of him after basically, I believe, CBS had to approach him and fly out and like say, hey, we need you to study and kind of know what's going on before you sit down. And then like the amount of, I don't know, Jims, like after a while, it, are they great on you. So yeah, I make that- sure we like Jair's sound effects, but we don't like Tony Romo's sound effects. Got it. Because mm-hmm. uh, Jair's uh, only making like one or two a week. Right. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, I think the lack of preparation and like getting basic names wrong has yeah, graded out a lot of fans as well. Thank you, Chew. I was going to say <laughs> yeah. also things that we here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy yep. are very guilty. But when of. Chewy does it, it's you know more endearing. <laughs> Until it's not. Until it's not. Apparently, everybody has a bit of an expiration date. It seems on people like this. See, that's how I kind of chalk this up. I chalk it up to the age old. We love to see someone soar until we're like, ah, I'm sick of you. Crash and burn and then we root for the crash and the burn of course that's what it feels like is happening with tony romo Uh, i I don't think he's gotten drastically worse i don't think he's changed that dramatically i think it's more of people's fatigue i mean a lot like with the taylor swift thing right like can't the girl have a boyfriend 
Is it, is it her fault that her boyfriend is one of the most famous football players who happens to be going to the Super Bowl now, who plays every Sunday to the tune of millions and millions of people watching? You know, they caught her yesterday mouthing in the booth, please go away or go away, please, when the cameras were on her in the suite. Well, so or it was, oh, the Grammys. Oh, oh. is that what they're saying? It's one of the two. Go away, please. Or, oh, the Grammys? Yes. Oh, Grammys is like go away? Yeah. Ah, oh, crap. I'm with the go away. <laughs> well, you, uh... you've made that clear. And your prediction about being a distraction, as Andy Reid was pointing from accepting the AFC Championship trophy to, to Taylor her, Swift. And she was pointing back, and it was like there was this electricity mm-hmm. between their two fingertips. It looked like, what's that, uh, Leonardo da Vinci... Uh, with Michelangelo and God, yeah, maybe it is Michelangelo. I get what my. Uh, I got it. Our, the Sistine Chapel, but it's yes. like the God. He's touching the finger of man. What is it yes. called? It's called something. Have you guys ever been there? No. The Sistine Chapel. Yes. Yeah, that's overrated. Oh, all right. Didn't didn't see that coming from you. Yeah, as the number one JC guy better. around here. Huh? <laughs> I said as the number one JC guy around here. I think you have to like yeah, that place. Yeah, I know, but it almost looks too fake. But it's not. <laughs> yeah, but it does. Wait, wait, it's so good it looks fake, so that makes it bad? It looks like he might have traced it. <laughs> he famously laid on his back in the rafters yeah, and painted scaffolding. that way. Yeah, I'm not sure how you're getting the tracer back then, Val. What exactly uh, would it be tracing? Someone else's creation? <laughs> I can't of the creation of Adam? Is it too good? <laughs> He found it on the dark web and was like, this is something that should go on a ceiling. At some point this offseason, we need to figure out what Chewie doesn't think is overrated. <laughs> we can talk about it. <laughs> That's unbelievable. I I've never been rendered speechless in this manner. <laughs> well, you got him, big guy. Well, Dean Josh is next on ESPN Milwaukee.